This is WDBO 1073 FM and AM 580, Orlando's news and talk. Live, local, and loud. Who are these knuckleheads? Passion. We have no clear star. We can lose anybody and still be as good. Energy. You are obsessed with his mother. I'm a little uncomfortable with how obsessed with his mother you are. And a whole lot of laughs. Oh, crap, all of you. It's live, local, and loud. We have a show on a Marconi award-winning station. This is like playing for the Yankees. Here's Nick Grenowitz and Jerry Daniels. All right, here we go. We made it to a Monday night edition, live, local, and uh, loud right here on WDBO, 107.3 FM and AM 580, Orlando's News and Talk. Nick Grunowitz, Nikki Football here. Chris Crawford is with me. Listen, we could do a five-hour show tonight. <laughs> a ton to get into. The best NFL playoff weekend we have ever had. Four outstanding games. A UCF product shows out on Sunday night football. Speculation season now begins for Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, and one NFL coach. We'll get into all of that. One thing I think the Miami Dolphins and Jacksonville Jaguars learned over the weekend, we'll get into that as well and a whole lot more. You can get in touch, 844-580-9326. That's 844-580-9326. Also in the open mic in the WDB. We'll get to our open mic question. Fair or foul? to spray champagne all over football fans beneath the suite. We will get into that uh, as well. As I said, you can get to us in that open mic in the WDBOP. But, of course, now we start every single night. A six-pack of the can't-miss stories from today. Today, the Yingling Six-Pack on live, local, and loud. One. Oh, the 2021 NFL season featured unprecedented parody and a record number of walk-offs and... Well, this divisional round weekend was more of the same and then some. There were four games over the weekend, CC. All four games ended in walk-off fashion. It was unbelievable. Chiefs, Bills in overtime. Rams, Bucks, a field goal as time expired. Bengals, Chiefs, McPherson from 53. Niners, Packers, Robbie, as good as gold. What stood out? To, I mean, it all stood, stands out, Chris, but where do you want to start with this? An unbelievable weekend. I mean, you got to start with that game last night, right? It just feels like the one of the best games that we've seen in a long time where just the action throughout and then down the end even was incredible. Um, I, I just can't fathom, like, everything that we saw last night, all the stats and information, you know, just from Pat Mahomes having, what, 177 mm-hmm. yards after the two-minute warning to the points scored after that point. Like, it's all it's all so absurd to me. That game last night was just awesome. It was so fun to, to to watch and I want I could it's a game I could go back and watch over and over and over again. Yeah, I think that we are going to be seeing that game on NFL. Remember like when they had ESPN Classics or I guess they do this on NFL Network when they will just or, or the NBA hard the Yeah, the NBA Hardwood Classics where they would just throw a classic game up there. We got one of them last night. We may have gotten four over the weekend, but we at least got one in Chiefs Bills the divisional game. Chiefs 42, Bills 36, the overtime one. Um, 25 points in the final two minutes in overtime alone. Mahomes finds Kelsey in the end zone for the win. It, it reminded me of the overtime AFC championship game in that same building where Brady and the Patriots beat Mahomes and the Chiefs, what, back in 2019 or so. Uh, it was an instant classic, and there are moments where you're sitting there watching two heavyweights just tee off on one another where you're just thinking, we're going to see this for years to come. And that was how I felt watching that game last night. We'll break down more of the divisional games as we go. Two. Well, speaking of the Chiefs and the Bills, UCF product, Gabriel Davis, Davis, a star on Sunday night. The Buffalo Bills wide receiver caught a playoff record four touchdowns. CC the Bills 42-36 overtime loss to the Chiefs. And it might have been five of the Bills had won an overtime coin toss. Davis caught just one touchdown pass in all of September, one in October, and did not have a touchdown in the month of November. Dude, it was pretty cool just to watch Gabriel Davis, who we watched star at UCF on a you know for a few seasons, uh, just dominate last night. Yeah, it was incredible, and and just to see, yeah, it was also really fun seeing him and Mike Hughes matched up a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, he got the better of Mike Hughes Sorry, a lot Mike. that yeah. night, and it uh, wasn't as fun. But it was just cool to see him being in the spotlight and being the guy. And, and you know, I mean, he was a, a name that maybe not everyone knew last night going into the game, but certainly this morning everyone is talking about, which is just awesome to see. Yeah, um, I, I, I saw it tweeted today. You start thinking about the offense that that UCF team had with Gabriel Davis, Jordan Aikens, 
Um, there were a few other players in there mm-hmm. as well. There were some legit NFL players on that Peach Bowl champion, 2017 national champion UCF team that uh, that Mackenzie Milton was throwing to. It, it was it was a stacked team, and we're seeing a lot of those guys make their way onto NFL rosters and make a real difference, and Gabriel Davis is one of them. Three. Well, with the divisional weekend playing out, that means Championship Sunday is set. Now, normally we say Championship Sunday is the best day of football. I, I don't know how you top what we just saw over the last two days, but the Chiefs will host the Cincinnati Bengals, and the Rams will host the Niners. The Chiefs opened as a touchdown favorite over Joe Burrow and the Bengals. The Rams opened as three-and-a-half-point favorites over the 49ers. Chris, let me ask you this. Who benefits the most from a win on Championship Sunday next week? Is it the Rams beating the Niners, McVay finally getting over the hump? Is it Burrow and the Bengals playing, you know, upset special all the way to the Super Bowl? Who benefits the most? Um, I, I think that it's got to be the Bengals, right? And, and I, I know that they're young and early, but, like, having that confidence early on, like, we've seen what it did for Pat Mahomes to make it, you know, to a Super Bowl early on in his career. I think if Joe Burrow could, you know, win this game and make it to the Super Bowl going forward for the Bengals, even if they don't win the Super Bowl, like having that confidence and that experience and everything, it just it changes everything. Whereas like if they could kind of lose this game and, and maybe get dominated and like blown out by the Chiefs. You know, I don't know. Maybe I I think I don't think Joe Burrow is the guy that it could affect, but you never really know. See, I, I think Burrow, I think Burrow and the Bengals are playing with complete house money, of course. I mean, you get past the number one seed uh, on Saturday, you walk off with that win. I still think it's it's someone in the NFC. I, it, Jimmy Garoppolo can put the 49ers in a really interesting position if he gets them all the way to a Super Bowl with Trey Lance waiting in the wings. And then, of course, let's talk about Matt Stafford, who we've questioned all year long. I've questioned all year long about how clutch of a player he is. Was it the Lions? Was it Stafford? Well, Matt Stafford has two has two playoff wins in the last two weeks, and the Detroit Lions have one playoff win since, like, 1960. So a win for him getting into the, into the Super Bowl. We don't know how many more opportunities he's going to have. I think the guy with the most at stake is going to be Matt Stafford this championship Sunday. Uh, when he takes on a 49ers team that has had the Rams number the last few years. Four. Well, now it is speculation season. With the Rams ousting the Bucks from the playoffs, there is now a lot of thinking about what the playing future of quarterback Tom Brady looks like. Brady has given no indication one way or another to teammates or coaches about his intentions beyond this season. Now, ESPN's Adam Schefter reported that There are some real thoughts that Brady could hang him up after this year. He's talked in the past about playing to the age of 50, though not quite as much recently. And at age 44, uh, he could very well decide to hang him up. Brady asked after the game about, is he coming back? I haven't put a lot of thought into it, so we'll just take it day by day and see kind of see where we're at. Chris, where, where did this come? You and I were texting about this over the weekend. Where did this come from? Because it felt like an assumption he was going to play in 2022. But now there is a legit question that Brady may not come back. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't buy it. Right, but I think this is all just smoke. I think this is just, you know, uh, I think the rumor came out because I think there was a chance if they won the Super Bowl that he would have retired. But I think if they lost, he was he's going to come back for one more year. You don't throw it for five thousand yards and come up just short and not come back the next year. I just don't see it happening. He led the NFL in passing yards this year. He threw for forty touchdowns. Again this year, I, Tom Brady is aging like fine wine. He's he is continuing to just set the bar very high. Now, I, you're not going to win the Super Bowl every year. I, I don't think Brady's mind works that way where he would just walk away because they didn't win the Super Bowl this year. And that team dealt with a ton of injuries. It's going to be a very intriguing offseason for them. Chris Godwin was on a franchise tag. What kind of deal can you get him back? Right. What happens with Rob Gronkowski, who said he might be le- he might be thinking about walking away as well so the Buccaneers have some work to do they're in a an interesting cap situation too but I agree with you I think a lot of this is narrative making it's storytelling it's Brady's production company kind of trying to write this thing out as he's doing a documentary while he's playing but my the feeling was always that Brady was going to play in 2022 and unless Giselle finally gave him the ultimatum of all ultimatums that it was either football or her and still I don't know what Brady would pick I honestly I know what I would pick. Uh, I think he's going to play in 2022. Five. For the second year in a row, speaking of speculations, the Green Bay Packers are entering an offseason wondering 
if Aaron Rodgers will want to continue as the team's quarterback. At least this time, the relationship between the club and their quarterback doesn't seem so contentious. Of course, the Packers ousted, actually the first time since 2010, both number one seeds in the NFL playoffs, both lost to the divisional weekend. Uh, the Packers falling to the San Francisco 49ers. Now, Coach Matt LaFleur, the Packers, said today that he spoke with Rodgers at length in the wake of the club's loss, and he's no closer, though, to knowing who will be taking snaps for the Packers in 2022. Here was Rodgers after the loss. It's raw right now, but very proud of what I've been able to accomplish here. Thankful, deeply thankful for so many years here in the organization and all the incredible teammates and coaches I've had over the years. That's part of the legacy, I think, the friendships and the, and the memories on and off the field. But I don't know, you know, I'm still super competitive. I still know I can play at a high level. So it's going to be a tough, uh, tough decision. A lot of things to to weigh in the, in the coming weeks. Uh, where do you think he is next year, CC? Is he with the Packers or is he somewhere else? I think he's somewhere else. I, I think that this was the last season. I think that this offseason made it very clear this would be the last season. Even if they won, We were saying even if they won the Super Bowl, he was going to go somewhere else mm -hmm. next year. So how does losing it entice him to come back anymore, especially in the way that they lost, where it was the special teams? And I know he didn't play great, but it was the special teams that kind of let him down all year long. So I think that he's going to go somewhere else. I've heard people say Denver. I've heard people say Tennessee. That one scares the living daylights out of me. Um, yeah. No one's mentioned the Colts yet. I'd be surprised hmm. if they go for him, but I don't know where he's going to end up. There's a lot of options out there, though. You realize, by the way, I, I'm gonna we're going to talk about this a little bit more as we go here. But you realize all the teams that are being mentioned in connection with Aaron Rodgers are AFC teams, right? Denver, Pittsburgh, Tennessee. I saw Miami listed as well. What part of Sunday night's game would make you want to say, "Yeah, put me in the AFC. I want to take. I want to have to go through Mahomes, Allen, at least one of the two of those guys." as well as Lamar Jackson and Joe Burrow, too, um, in order to make it to another Super Bowl. I think Aaron Rodgers, if he was smart, he would either stay on the Packers or look in the NFC. I'm going to stay where the quarterbacks are somewhat older and I can have an advantage. I don't think I would be walking into the AFC anytime soon if I had a choice. Six. Uh, third straight speculation story here. Sean Payton, speaking, speaking of NFC teams, the Saints head coach, May not be back next year. New Orleans Saints owner Gail Benson acknowledged today that the Saints coach remains uncertain for the 2022 season. She told reporters, quote, I don't think any of us know, but he'll let us know soon enough. The NFL Network reporting over the weekend, Peyton not yet committed to returning to coaching for the Saints through 2022. ESPN reported that no definitive declaration had been made. There are reports that Peyton is weighing some television jobs as well. Chris, I... I, I, I'm surprised. It, this feels more like game playing from Sean Payton than anything. Yeah, I, I don't know what his move is. Maybe he's trying to lobby a little more money out of New Orleans, or maybe he thinks that there is a job out there or somebody out there who might be interested in him and is, you know, you know, in contact with him and talking about bringing him in. So uh, it definitely feels like he knows something that we don't, though, right? Like, he, he definitely... Uh, has some inside information on some something that's going on that he has an opportunity at. Well, here's here's the real red flag if you're a Saints fan. Uh, he was expected to return to work this week along with the rest of the Saints coaching staff after vacation last week, and we still have not heard from Sean Payton. So right now, Sean Payton is kind of MIA. Um, leaving New Orleans might make sense, but I, I don't know why Sean Payton in the prime of his coaching career, what is he, 58 years old? He's, he's not an old man. Uh, I don't know why you would walk out that door. Maybe he is lobbying to be traded somewhere. Maybe you think about Las Vegas being open or another job there uh, in the NFL. That is the Yingling six-pack, our six-pack of trending stories here on live, local, and loud. It's brought to you by our friends at Yingling, America's oldest brewery since 1829. Monday night edition, live, local, and loud. He's Chris Crawford. I'm Nick Grunel. What's Nikki Football? We'll get to our open mic question of the night coming up here on WDBO. Now, now the three big things you The first step towards your evening nightcap. It's live, local, and loud. Here's Nick and Jerry. And thanks for hanging out with us. Monday night edition, live, local, and loud, right here on WDBO 107.3 FM and AM 580 Orlando's News and Talk. He's Chris Crawford. I'm Nick Runowitz, Nicky Football. Thanks so much for making our evening 
part of your evening. I hope you're staying warm out there, by the way. I woke up this morning. I'm originally from Chicago, CeCe. I experienced something this morning I have not experienced in over 20 years. I had ice on my windshield, and not like a little bit that you would get off with the windshield wipers. I had to get something to actually scrape the ice off of my windshield. It got cold last night. It was very, very cold out. And I'm from the Northeast as well, and I was I was not enjoying it one bit. I had, so I guess I can officially call, because I, I still identify as a Chicagoan. When people ask me where I'm from, I say I'm from Chicago. And I think that's just something, people from the North, if, if you're from the North, I think you get it. You move down here, and you just, you always, for me, it's always been like, all right, well, like, I'm I'm from the North. I'm from Chicago. I, I love it here. I've decided to stay here, live my life here, Um, but I'm from the North. I felt like a Floridian today for the first time in my life when there was ice on my windshield. And I was like, well, I don't know what the hell to do. <laughs> now what? So, yeah, so I turned the windshield wipers on. That, that did not work. And then I was like, I'm out of moves here. I, I don't have one of those. I don't have an ice scraper. I don't have a brush. Never owned one of those. Um, so I, I, you told you told me that the the at home hack in order to fix this, I had to wait for it just to melt off of my my windshield. Fortunately, that happened quickly. Yeah, a uh, credit card in the uh, plastic bag. So you put a credit card just in your plastic in a plastic like like Publix bag. Yep. Like, like a, or like no, like a little Ziploc bag even could oh, work. Okay, so you just put it like in a Ziploc and then you can just etch it off like that. Yeah, you just kind of like hack at it and you put your defroster on inside the car to kind of. Heat it up as you go. Man, only in Florida. Only in Florida. Where it's, it's what like, you got to do when you don't have it. It's what I, it's, I, but I enjoy, I do enjoy so much whenever it does start to get cold here. You have the five to seven nights a year where it is cold and everyone, A, breaks out the parkas. Everyone's, everyone's all bundled up, which I think if you're, if you're bundled, I mean, it was, it was colder here last night than it was when I was in Denver last week. So I, I don't blame you. And then, two, nobody knows how to do anything when it's cold. I, I don't know how to get the ice off my windshield. I, uh, I did not. I, nobody knows how to drive, um, at least like when, it, when, it, when it's cold like this. People, people are slow going everywhere. You're just um, slow. It's just everything's naturally slower. Yeah, it is. It definitely is. Um, so keep that in mind. If you wake up with ice on your windshield, and I'm not quite sure – you know, listen, we'll get a we'll get a weather update for you. I'm not quite sure what it's supposed to look like the rest of this week. I think it's supposed to warm up a little bit, actually. Um, but keep that in mind. You can use a credit card in a uh, like a Ziploc bag or something like that, I guess, to uh, to get the ice. Or you could just wait like an idiot like me. Just turn <laughs> turn your defroster on and then just sit there and, and just hope and quietly hope you get warm. I had to get I mean, I was I was talking to Scott Inez on the phone this morning on Orlando's Morning News, sitting in my car waiting for the ice to come off of my windshield. That's what I, I was doing. I also did warm my car before I got in it today too. Oh, you did? Mm-hmm. That's 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 yep. not a bad idea either. I, the good old uh, warm warm the car trick. Yeah, I hadn't I had not thought of that either. Like I got I just like a normal person. I'm not I'm not conditioned for that. I am not conditioned for. I mean, in the summer, yeah, like you'll turn on your car and put the AC on and try to cool it down a little bit. But I'm just not conditioned for. Okay, it's freezing cold outside. I've got to make sure I warm up the uh, the car so that. You know, I can get the ice off of the windshield. That's something that I have. That is a thought process I haven't had to use for, I don't know, ever because I wasn't driving when I was living up north. So, uh, you learn the little things. Yeah, exactly. It is. It's the little things. You want to get in touch? You can eight four four five eight zero nine three two six. That's eight four four five eight zero nine three two six. Also, in the open mic in the WDBO app, just download the app, click on the click on the open mic. We will play those throughout the show maybe we should have people share their cold water or their cold weather hacks as well uh here in florida though i feel like we're not going to get much of a chance to use them we will get to our open mic question tonight coming up here in just a moment we're live local and loud here on wdbo this is wdbo 107.3 fm and am 580 orlando's news and talk Tackling the day's biggest stories with some laughs along the way. It's live, local, and loud. Now back to Nick and Jerry. And thanks for hanging out with us. Monday night edition, live, local, and uh, loud right here on WDBO. 107.3 FM and AM 580, Orlando's News and Talk. Uh, Where's Tom Brady going? Is he going anywhere? I guess that's the question I should ask. Where's Aaron Rodgers going? We're going to get to the Brady and Buccaneers stuff in just about a half hour. 
Uh, Chase Bunker is going to join us. I Chase was not invited on the show. Chase told me that he was coming on the show. Yeah, it he was just announced. Kind of made his way on. Yeah, it was announced in our group chat. Hey, I'm kicking the door in to talk about this game. I I shudder to think what we are going to get at 8:06. There there are times where where Chase turns it to about a 15 on a scale of one to 10. I would expect for that to happen, uh, but we will get to that coming up at 8:06. Thoughts from a Bucks fan on the 27-3 deficit to the Rams, the comeback that almost was uh, coming up just about 30 minutes from now. Aaron Rodgers, his future with the Buccaneer. My good, come on. <laughs> I'm losing my mind here tonight. Yes. Yeah, I, can you tell that I sat and watched football and just melted my brain all weekend long? Melted uh, away. Yeah, uh, Aaron, Aaron Rodgers' future with the Packers, and maybe that was a Freudian slip. Could it be if Brady leaves, the Buccaneers are an option, but uh, his future with the Packers... In question, where could he be headed? We will get into that as well. But Chris, I, I, the biggest talking point today is the Chiefs-Bills game, the AFC Championship, and the fact that it was an unbelievable game, but marred with a bit of controversy, at least just because of the way that it ended, because Josh Allen never got to touch the football in overtime. I think that, yes, that is part of it, but, uh, you know, it, it's just... The same time, you got to make stops on, on defense. Like football is played on two sides of the ball, not just one side of the ball. So while it's frustrating in a game like that, where yes, the, the quarterback who is going to get the ball first is probably going to score and end the game. I don't, I don't hate the rule so much that I'm yelling more about that than I am about how great and awesome of a game that we saw yesterday was. Would I like them to change it? Probably. I think for the playoffs, they should, but man, we'll have to see. Yeah, so if you're unfamiliar with the rules, so uh, at the beginning of overtime, there is a coin flip, and overtime is sudden death if the team that scores first or gets the ball first scores a touchdown. So the Kansas City Chiefs, they win the the coin toss, which is there's even something funny in that, Chris, because Josh Allen was the one who called the coin toss, and he was what? He was undefeated in coin tosses this year? 9-0 and oh on coin tosses. Uh, well, not, I don't not. think this year. I think in his NFL career. Okay, he's now he's 9-1. and one. Yeah, I guess that's right. He wouldn't call that many coin tosses. That's right. So he's 9-1 nine and he's nine and one in his career. It came in, one of the mo- in the most important time that they came up empty. But because the Bills lost the toss after this unbelievable finish, 25 points in the final two minutes in overtime, Mahomes and Allen are just going. It's like Hagler Hearns, two heavyweights just teeing off. It was an unbelievable watch. And because Kansas City won the toss, Mahomes goes down and scores. Josh Allen, and there's the meme of him just sitting there with his helmet out on the sideline. He never gets to touch the football. And there has been a lot of outcry today for the NFL to change the rule. Now, if you dig into the numbers, in the regular season, there is basically a small advantage to the team that wins the toss, which you would expect. Uh, under the current overtime rules, there have been 163 overtime games. Teams that won the overtime coin toss have a record of 86, 67, and 10. Well, 10 ties, really. Okay. Um, in those games, they uh, the team that wins the toss wins 53% of the time. 52.8 will round it up, okay? But... Where it changes is in the playoffs, where you're discussing, Chris, maybe they should change the rule. Because in the playoffs, there have been 11 overtime playoff games. Teams that won the overtime coin toss have a record of 10-1 and in those games. They've won 90% of the games. Wow. And I think that's where the NFL does need to look at this. Because in the regular season, you have 16 are now 17, excuse me, 17 games in a regular season. You have teams that are playing on Monday night that need to turn around to play again on a Sunday. Some of them playing on Sunday, they need to turn around and play on a Thursday. The regular season is a marathon. Now, while the playoffs are a continuation of that marathon, the offenses that are playing are better. The defenses are also better, but the way the rules are set up, Lean towards the offenses. It is easier to score now more than ever because of the way the rules are. And we are seeing with the quarterbacks that are playing, the offensive minds that are coaching these offenses, the defenses are at such a great disadvantage. I don't know if you can end the game on sudden death like that. Maybe they should think about changing it. I would. I definitely think they should think about changing. You have uh, even Jeff Allen, who's a, a lineman for the Chiefs, who came out after the game and said, look, like we wanted the rule. We came out and tried to changed the rule after we lost to Brady in 2018 in that playoff game. 
Um, and he said, even today, I still feel like that rule needs to be changed. It's different. I mean, we're on the winning side, but I still feel like that rule needs to be changed. So, I mean, it's interesting. And I think a lot of players would probably think it's better for the game to at least have something changed. I think as long as you let both teams touch the ball, then you can go to sudden death after that. So you think both teams should get one possession if neither one of them score? What, so what it, I guess, how would you have liked to have seen last night playoff? So play out. So Mahomes goes down, they score the touchdown. Okay, they, let's say they kick the extra point. Chiefs are up by a touchdown. Bills get the football back. Is it sudden death at this point in time? They have to score a touchdown here or else the game is over? Kind of like college rules? Yes, they have to score a touchdown or else the game is over. And I think that if you really want to keep a wrinkle in where the team that wins the coin toss or whatever has the the team that scores first or if a team scores first has a better chance to win on that first possession. You could say that they score first, and if they go for two, it ends the game. Oh, wow. So two yards and it's over. So you get the touchdown, and then it's if you kick the extra point, Josh Allen would have got the ball. But if the Chiefs mm-hmm. scored the touchdown and went for two and they converted it, the game would have been over. Here's the real intriguing thing there, too, is that if you go for it and you miss, the other team gets the ball back and it's an extra point to beat you. Exactly. I like that hook on the end of it. That's very intriguing. So you can go for two and end it. Or you kick the extra point, you hand the ball to the other team, and then they, of course, will get the same decision. They could go for two and end the game, kick the extra point, and then things just continue from there. But here's my question. where, And and I'm I'm not outraged by this. Um, I I think the current overtime rule is perfectly fine. Um, I, I don't think that it is a huge problem for the NFL. I understand that the home team is winning a lot, by the way. I guess the team that wins the toss is winning a lot. That's that's just kind of that's kind of the part of the way that it goes. Um, I think the league needs to be concerned. What what if Mahomes and 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 Allen just never stopped last night, and they kept answering one another? At some point in time, you have to force a winner because that game last night, the winner of that game would be at such a disadvantage on Sunday, where the Bengals already have an extra day worth of rest. And you have to worry about your product on Championship Sunday, too, don't you? Well, that's when you go, you say, okay, now you have to start going for two in the same way that they do in college. After whatever, two, whatever overtimes it would be, however what it would be, you then have to go, all right, now on this next possession, you have to go to two to end the game. Okay, so that's a, so you go to the college, the college rules basically yeah. at that point in time. Yeah, but both teams have to go for two. So the team that scores the first touchdown doesn't go for two, miss, and then the other team gets to kick the extra point. Like They also have to go for two. Okay, I, I I I don't think there's a problem with the rule. Um, but like, I I, th- I think I think um at, at the end of the day, I think that the league got an extremely entertaining game. I mean, the the television ratings, and I've not seen the updated numbers for the entire weekend. I did see. Did you see what the Kansas City television rating was for that Chiefs Bills game? Uh, no, I did not. It was. High, a, I'm guessing though. Oh, extremely high. It was a 90 share. And not, for those wow. of you that don't. That don't follow the the ratings game. I barely do myself. You can make these numbers do whatever you want. That's nine out of ten households watch the Chiefs Bills game in Kansas City. That is insane. Which means if you're on yeah. television in Kansas City and you are not participating in coverage of that game, you might as well just take the night off. That's incredible. Like it's it's just man. Do you think that going forward, the like the the cry about like like I, I just think that there's no way after a game like that where like because did you see Josh Allen's stats in the game or like over the playoffs where he yeah. had nine touchdowns, no interceptions, he was nine of nine in the red zone. Like the guy had a perfect playoffs. Yes, and you just didn't give him a chance to 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 win the game. You know, I I just think that that outcry is going to be too overwhelming to to not change this rule at this point. Yeah, I understand, but isn't there a point where you look at the Bills and you say, okay, but it's not just an offense? While I said that the 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 rules lean offense, but there there are still two other phases of the game of football. There's special teams and there's the, ask the, ask the Packers. You gotta you gotta participate on special teams. Right, you and I are watching the replay of that block kick on Saturday night. The uh, the 49ers had seven guys standing at the punter when that snap went back. Basically, you have to take care of business on on both sides of the football. So I I'm slightly sympathetic because Josh Allen didn't do anything to lose that football game. On the contrary, he did everything that he could to win it. But it is still a team game. This isn't golf. It's not tennis. It's a team game. So. Josh Allen has to look at it. You know, he's got to look those defensive players in the eye. Or they have to look him in the eye, I guess, and say, 
hey, we couldn't get a stop. We, we couldn't cover Travis Kelsey. Tyreek Hill got away for a 55-yard touchdown or 73-yard touchdown, whatever the long one was there, and that's we ended up in overtime, and then we couldn't stop Kelsey in the end zone. I, you're paying the guys on defense, too, to get a stop. That That's where I struggle. Leslie Frazier's up for jobs because he's a defensive mind. Not a great weekend for him. He got torched by Patrick Mahomes. My, my, my issue is that the, the only way that it's deciding – which one of those guys gets to have the ball first is a coin flip. You know, like that's, that's where the, that's, I think that's where the frustrations come in. Like, I think if there's a way to, you know, change the way that, you know, whoever gets the ball first in overtime, where it's just a straight up rule because of uh, statistical output during that game, whatever it might be, I think, or just, you know, each team gets a chance at having the ball. I think what the frustrations are, is that you're saying, well, now, wait a second. The only reason that our defense had to get put to the test was because that coin landed on a different side, whereas if it was the other way, your defense would have been put to the test and ours would have gotten the shot. Like, I think that's where the real gripe is, is that there's no real fair and balanced back-and-forth way about how it's being decided. It's it's kind of at the fate of a coin to decide who gets the better opportunity in a day and age where the rules and everything in place favor the offense. But isn't that how a lot of these games are decided in terms of who wins the coin flip, who starts the second half with the ball? I mean, should we change all of that? No, because it's a it's a long game. It's not whoever wins the coin flip out the start of the game, whoever mm-hmm. scores first wins, or whoever gets the ball first at the second half and scores first wins. I guess I would look at that and I would say, okay, for those who want the rule change, and I'm, I'm playing devil's advocate slightly here, but... I would look at the Bills and I would say, okay, but you had 60 minutes to get a stop. The fact that you didn't stop them to begin overtime, you were never going to stop them. At least I'm I'm not convinced that they could stop. You had, you know, if you're saying, hey, we want we want one more chance on the offense, they couldn't stop Mahomes. I mean, the same way that they couldn't stop Allen, but the game has to right. end at but, some point in time. Well, but that's what I mean. The Chiefs couldn't stop Allen either. So why is it that because of a coin, we don't get to put the Chiefs defense to the test, but we get to put the Bills defense to the test? Because they lost the toss. Like, that's just, I, I don't know. Like, I, I guess that I don't look at it as unfair. I look at it as there's a coin flip. Josh Allen lost the coin flip, and because of that, in, in so many ways, they lost the game. And it's just, I, 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 I think we're looking for a whole lot of fair in places where, you know, it's, it's hard to make everything just completely fair. I mean, you give the ball back to Josh Allen, and then, I don't know, a player slips on the field, and it's like, well, that wasn't fair. He slipped. I, I don't know. I I think we could you could argue this. I mean, but like imagine if the NBA was like, all right, overtime is first basket wins. We're going to flip a coin to see who gets the ball first. Okay, you get the ball first. Go ahead. You try to defend the Brooklyn Nets and see who wins in overtime. I'm I'm waiting for you to make a tangible point there. What I'm 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 confused. What do you mean? Well, like it just it's just not it's just it's just ridiculous. Like it's just like, well, what do you, what do you mean? So we have to try and stop Kevin Durant? from scoring once like that's that's what we're asking like that's the level of quarterback play that we are reaching in today's day and age in the offensive sets that are reaching today's day and age Pat Mahomes just got 38 yards in 13 seconds and you just flipped a coin and told the Bills defense after that just happened to go back out there again and now stop him from getting a touchdown after he just ran all over your team for the last two minutes and it's like well hold on wait a second we have to do why, why can't they go out there and try and defend Josh Allen again he's been playing great too it's a good point. It is. It's a good point. I mean, there are times where we see transcendent talent that just breaks the rules, and maybe that's what we're starting to see with this new level of quarterbacks. I don't know. I I just I don't look at the outcome of last night's game saying, hey, we absolutely have to change a rule because the Bills had their opportunities. The Chiefs had theirs as well. They took advantage of the latest opportunity. There, it, there's just no other sport in, in the way that ends like this. You know, like it'd be like if if soccer went to PKs, but the team that got to kick first, if they scored on their first PK, the game was over. I mean, soccer goes to goal and goal, don't they? There is a team that gets. They do, but both teams get. There's a team that gets a first touch, though, right? There's a team that gets the possession first. What if they go down and score immediately? Game's over. I mean, what if a team in in NBA gets the tip and never gives the ball up in overtime? What if a team in hockey wins the faceoff and never gives the puck up in overtime? It's kind of the same theory there. It's like that's just not possible or feasible. 
Okay. No, I, 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 okay. I, I mean, it seems pretty possible in soccer. I mean, hockey and basketball, I, I, I think, I think you're right about that. All right. You want to get in touch? You can 844-580-9326. That's 844-580-9326. Also in the open mic in the WDBO app. We're live local and loud here on WDBO. Catching you up on what you missed during a long day at work. It's live, local, and loud. Here's Nick and Jerry. Hey, thanks for hanging out with us. Monday night edition. He's Chris Crawford. I'm Nick Grundle with Snicky Football. You can get in touch. 844-580-9326. Also, in the open mic in the WDBO app. Just download the app. Click on the open mic. We will play those throughout the show. Uh, Chase Bunker, Buccaneers super fan. Of course, also works for our sister station, WOKV, up in Jacksonville. Also check in on the Jacks. Have you noticed, Chris, did you notice that no head coaching candidate had been hired yet? This feels late. Like, normally we get at least one by now, right? It's almost like all every team is waiting for the first domino to fall, but nobody wants to bite on the first candidate because they're worried that maybe something better will pop up after they make their move, right? I think that's got to be the, the worry here. Or they're just worried that whatever the hire is going to be is going to get ridiculed online and they'll never hear the end of it. Yeah, like, is that is that is that hidden opportunity a Mike Tomlin... There have been rumors about him perhaps being let out of his contract up there in Pittsburgh. Is it a Sean Payton who may or may not be back, maybe traded to another team? Could that domino be the Buccaneers losing in the playoffs? They've had two guys, of course, uh, in Byron Leftwich and Todd Bowles, who have interviewed for multiple jobs. We'll see. But uh, it is January 24th, and we we have not seen a coaching candidate hired yet. It feels a little bit late. I, I, I got to check to see when guys, when people were hired last year, but that feels a little bit late in the process. Uh, Chase Bunker will join us next. We'll get into the Brady future stuff coming up. We're live, local, and loud here on WDBO. This is WDBO, 107.3 FM and AM 580, Orlando's news and talk. Live, local, and loud. Who are these knuckleheads? Passion. We have no clear star. We can lose anybody and still be as good. Energy. You are obsessed with his mother. I'm a little uncomfortable with how obsessed with his mother you are. And a whole lot of laughs. Oh, crap, all of you. It's live, local, and loud. We have a show on a Marconi award-winning station. This is like playing for the Yankees. Here's Nick Grinowitz and Jerry Daniels. All right, hour number two on a Monday night edition, live, local, and uh, loud right here on WDBO, 107.3 FM and AM 580. Orlando's news and talk. Chase Bunker is going to join us here in just a moment. Uh, He works with our sister station, WOKV, up there in Jacksonville. So we'll get a Jaguars coaching update, uh, as well as his thoughts on the future of Tom Brady and the Buccaneers' loss on Sunday. He is a Buccaneers super fan. You can get in touch, 844-580-9326. Also, in the open mic in the WDBO app, just download the app, click on the open mic. We'll play those throughout the show. Now, Cece, you and I, you and I were talking about the coaching carousel uh, before we went to break there, and I kind of I, I remarked that it feels late. There's not been a single hire. There are eight jobs open right now, and there is not a single hire that has been made. And you actually looked it up during the break. At this point in time last year, how many hires had there been? There were eight openings last year, I think. How many? Or, or I guess, yeah, I, I think. I think seven or eight. How many hires have been made? Yeah, it was seven of the eight. Okay. Seven of the eight openings. Brian uh, Culley, the uh, um, Houston Texans head coach, was the only one. Or David Culley, excuse David me, Culley, yeah. was the only one who hadn't been announced. But that was a um, – he was working as an interim at the time, wasn't he? He was I don't think he was And an then interim. they just kind of announced that they were just going to let him hang on to the job for this year. Yeah, I mean, there was the whole Deshaun Watson thing that was going on. It was right, Watson and they were just kind of like, we're just going to have him be there, and everyone was like, oh, they're just going to wait for this Deshaun Watson thing to get till next year, and then mm-hmm. here we are. Yeah, I, I, there, there was something like that going on. There were extenuating circumstances there, but at this point in time last year, all but one head coaching hire had been made, and uh, who was it, Brandon Staley, or no, Robert Sala, the Jets head coach, had the job for nine days already. So there has been a ton of holdup, a ton of waiting, and I have to think that a lot of people have been waiting for the Buccaneers season, Todd Bowles and Byron Lefwich for that that season to end. And with that, we will bring Chase Bunker on. Uh, you, of course, know him and joins us all the time here on the show. Buccaneers fan, works for our sister station, WOKV, up in Jacksonville. Um, Chase, how you holding up, man? That's a tough way to go, down 27-3. to three. 
rallying back and then losing like that. Would you? I'll ask you. Would you rather that your team lost twenty-seven to three, just burn the tape, it's over, or came back and lost like that? Uh, I mean, to me, this this felt like spoiler alert. This felt like the ending of Ted Lasso season one. Like this was like, oh, cool. We're down 27 to three. Oh, we caught up. We're taking it to overtime. And oh, there's Cooper Cup. Oh, and there's Matt Gay, former fifth round pick drafted by the Buccaneers. He sucked with us, but man, look at him be great over at the Rams. I think I would rather take the, I, I kind of, after thinking about it, I like the comeback. Because I at least had something a little bit, like I had at least a slight high note briefly, but it was a nice high note coming back from that much down. It, it, and not to mention, guys, they were down 27 to three, came back without wide receiver two, three, four, five, running back two. The O line was hurt. The backup to Tristan Works ended up getting hurt. So they had to do some shuffling in the process. And with all those injuries, they still came back from a 27-3 to deficit. And I think that you kind of have to take some solace into that. Like, that feels pretty good considering. Like, you, if you are healthy, you're crushing that team. Uh, I don't know about that. Let's let's back that up just a little bit. I don't know if you're crushing that team, but maybe you know you wouldn't have fallen behind twenty seven. Yeah, I think that would have been it. Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't think you would have fallen behind twenty seven to three if you were totally healthy. Like, let's just I I appreciate the the uh, the crimson color goggles there. You know, the pewter colored goggle goggles, but uh, I'm not quite sure if you're crushing that Rams team who very well might be making it to a Super Bowl. Uh, we'll be talking about that a week from now. All right, so the, the questions, Chase. I mean, all year long, we've been watching Tom Brady have a great season. He led the NFL in passing yards. By the way, this now makes teams with the passing yards leader 0-56 for Super Bowls. They have not made it. If you lead the NFL in passing yards as a quarterback, you don't make it to the Super Bowl. But all year long, it's been ho-hum. We're moving on. Tom Brady's got – and we started to get some questions about Brady's future uh, over the weekend. Uh you really think Brady's going to walk away from this team after the year that he had and, and you know, a, a nice playoff run? No. Like, I, I don't know where any of this came from, to be honest. Like, to me, it reminded me of the Antonio Brown situation where they said, oh, Antonio Brown might be getting cut. Nobody was talking about Antonio Brown getting cut. This was a media-driven narrative. I'm sorry. I'm going to peel back the curtain, guys. Nobody was talking about that. I'll be flat out honest with you. And this is the same thing here. Like, I haven't heard anything that shows that Tom Brady's going to leave. When the, when the clock hit triple zeros, Tom Brady said congratulations, and he walked back into the locker room. He didn't do any, like, stadium scan. He didn't, like, wave to the fans. He didn't do, like, any one of those, like, last hurrah-style moments that Drew Brees did, that Roethlisberger did, uh, Phillip Rivers. You didn't see that. I think he's got one more year, and that's about it. The only thing that would maybe persuade him is if Giselle said something. That's the only one. Me or football. Yeah, but true. I, I, if Giselle said, hey, it's me or football, Brady, he might still take – by the way, he might still pick football, guys. He might pick football. I, I, he's been picking football he for – He's been picking football for a long time. Like, he still might pick football. He's that, he's that kind of crazy – uh, so, all right. So you think, but you think Brady is going to stay. Uh, so you watched that game chase. Um, obviously you, you felt the injuries um, were would have made a huge difference in that one as well. I know you're not happy with the officials. Um, no, I did no, not find no. it to be a poorly officiated game though. I gotta be honest. I watched it. Now I do not watch officiating like you do. Uh, like some people do. Um, psychotic people is what I mean mainly, but I mean, yeah. I didn't find it to be a That's poorly fair. officiated game. When you're down 27-3, though, I guess you got to find something to complain about. No, I mean, it's not necessarily that. Like, here's the thing about Sean Hockley. Sean Hockley throws the second most flags out of all the NFL referees. I get it, Sean. Your father likes his biceps more than he loves you, but that doesn't mean you have to be all look at me. Like, congratulations. You're the Joe West of the NFL. But the thing is, at least Joe West has some likable qualities. Like, here's the thing. Like, the taunting penalties I thought were the most egregious. I thought it was stupid. Like, oh, he came at me in an aggressive manner. You know what he did? He said, hey, 
Um, my lip is bleeding. It's a helmet-to-helmet hit. And what happens? Oh, there's a flag. You flag Levante David because he got pissed off because, oh, no, they scored a touchdown and they slammed his helmet. Like, all these penalties were stupid. Ndamukong Sue got kicked. And he just pointed and he said, I will bleep you up because, yeah, Ndamukong Sue can do that. Oh, that's taunting. I'm sorry. Did you not see the swift kick to the genitals? Because everybody else sure did. That's the thing. And the Mike Evans penalty, I think, needs to be looked at in the offseason. Because of the fact that by the letter of the rule, I will say that is technically the correct call. The spirit of the rule was wrong. When on fourth down, Mike Evans gets a helmet-to-helmet hit, but because the ball hit the ground a half second before the helmet hit or the helmet hit, oh, it's a dead ball play. But the Rams still get the ball. It's also still first and 10. They got penalized. But, I mean, did they really? That's the thing. And I think of all the things that needed to have, need to be looked at in the offseason, mm-hmm. other than the egregious, stupid overtime rules, that literally the whole country can come together in this divided time and say, hey, you know what sucks? The NFL overtime rules. Except you know what me. the NFL saying? Yeah, I don't know. Well, yeah, well, you're a contrarian anyway. Well, except, so what do you me. know? I'm, I'm totally okay with it. Stop them in the first 60 minutes, and then maybe we could talk about it. No, they couldn't stop. You it. don't they play couldn't defense stop each other. Patrick though. Mahomes, you do a little better each. You just do a little better each time. Then I guess you're gonna lose the but, game. Like, then you're gonna lose the yeah, game. Well, Chase, Chase let, let's get a let's get a uh, a Jaguars coaching update here. Uh, by the way, there was a report out that Vance Joseph is the the front runner for the Miami Dolphins job. Everyone in the AFC East is rooting for that. Um, where are we at with the Jaguars? Because the, the coaching carousel, as you heard when we started the segment here, uh, I'd say it's spinning, but I don't think I think it's barely moving. No one's made a hire here. Yeah, it's I, everyone's really just taking their time now at this point. It's uh, right now the Jaguars have scheduled an in-person interview with Byron Leftwich tomorrow. Uh, they can hire him pretty much immediately, and right now that's where a lot of a lot of people are speculating that it's going to be uh, Byron Leftwich. Um, I haven't heard anything else other than they had a second interview with Colts defensive coordinator Matt Eberflus, which apparently I've been pronouncing wrong for yeah. about a year. So that's great. Um, yeah, I let you do it all segment and, last week. I didn't correct you. I'm sorry. It's my bad. Yeah, that. Yeah, I thought we were friends. How are you pronouncing so it? Right now, Ever, those... Eberflus. Oh, okay. I'll think Eber. Yeah, he's yeah. Putting, putting the wrong emphasis in the wrong shalabble there. Thank you. Great reference. And like, that's pretty much it. Like those are the two big candidates. Uh, the other big hire right now, or, or the big look at is going to be Todd Bowles right now, a defensive coordinator for the Buccaneers. He right now is projected to be the front runner to get the Minnesota Vikings head coaching position for the time being. So it's looking like the Buccaneers might have to fill two vacancies coming up. Okay, I, I'm going to ask the two of you. By the way, live, local, loud, Chase Bunker joining us. He's Chris Crawford. So if you're the Vikings, you hire Todd Bowles. Did you not just hire a younger Mike Zimmer? Can somebody help me here? Like, what are you really doing to change anything there? Like you went with another defensive I, I think, mind. I, I think you're just kind of looking. I'm surprised they went the defensive mind considering their offense. Like, I feel like they're off, like they should be more offensive-oriented. Justin Jefferson, uh, Dalvin Cook, and like all these. Like, you should be focusing more on the offense. Um, I think at least Todd Bowles, like his schemes are a little bit better than Mike Zimmer. Mike Zimmer hasn't really had like a standout defense during his time. There might be like one year that he's been like relatively meh. But other than that, like at least like the Buccaneers have had the number one rushing defense for like the past three years. And so I think that's something that they're probably looking at and going, okay, like our secondary is definitely a lot better he can improve the run defense. He knows how to get some better linebackers. I think the better guy is going to be Todd Bowles. All right. All right. I just don't want to recycle name. <laughs> like, you know, like just give, give us something fresh, something new, you know? I mean, he if Chris's has, team hired Belichick, he'd be though. like, I don't want to, I don't want to give me a, give me a new name. I can give me somebody different. Just give me some, someone else. Just give me some hope here. That's right. That's right. I mean, like Todd Bowles got shafted at the Jets. And so it's good to like, it's not like a recycled name. It's not like a Jeff Fisher or anything. Like it's, it's at least like someone who's getting a second chance. Like, you know, like Belichick. I'm not saying they're going to be like the same, but I mean, like, remember 
Belichick was at the Browns before he got, became the Patriots. Yeah, I, I don't think it's necessarily a bad. I, like if they were to hire, if the Vikings were to hire. Like I'm not saying it's a bad hire. I'm saying it's like, like I, I'm saying that you're staying in the same ilk as what you're walking away from. That that's all. All right, he is Chase Bunker, of course, uh, Buccaneers super fan. Uh, you can hear him on our sister station WOKV up in Jacksonville. Ch- Chase, uh, at least to comfort you, baseball season's right. Oh, wait a minute. Yeah, the Rays probably aren't going to play this year either. It doesn't seem like they're any closer to a deal. So at least they're not playing in Montreal. No, they're not playing in Montreal. <laughs> they're not playing anywhere. No one's nope. playing. Baseball. No one's going to play anywhere. Yep. Chase, we'll catch up with you soon, man. Appreciate it. Thanks. Existence is pain. Yeah, as a Bears fan, I can confirm that. All right, we're live, local, and loud here on WDBO. It's live, local, and loud. Now, back to Nick and Jerry. And thanks for hanging out with us Monday night here on WDBO. He's Chris Crawford. I'm Nick Grunowitz, Nicky Football. Uh, appreciate our buddy Chase Bunker for joining us uh, from WOKV. Buccaneers super fan. Gave us an update as well on the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, you and I were talking during the break. Uh, after watching what we saw Sunday night, I, I guess over the weekend, but really Sunday night's game, and we can argue more about the overtime rules until we're purple in the face, but I mean, after watching what we saw Sunday night and you look at the four coaches that are left here in uh, on Championship Sunday, you've got Sean McVay, Kyle Shanahan, Andy Reid, and uh, Zach Taylor. What do they all have in common other than they're from the Sean McVay coaching tree? But like, what, what, do they, what do they all have in common? They're all offensive guys, if I'm Jacksonville and Miami, I don't think I'm hiring a defensive-minded coach. I'm hearing about Vance Joseph in Miami, I, Matt Eberflus in, uh, in Jacksonville. I want an offensive mind, CeCe. Well, and outside of Andy Reid, they're all kind of young, too. Younger, at least, as well. And then the guy that just, the other one on the NFC side that got eliminated for Matt LaFleur at Green Bay was another young guy. Mm-hmm. So I'd, I'd kind of look young and offensive-minded. Yeah, I, I just... I would have a hard time, and I, I think Todd Bolts has done an unbelievable job. I think if you're looking for a guy to set a culture, I, and maybe that's what Minnesota's looking for. It's just, if I'm Minnesota and I have Kirk Cousins, and I know Kirk, I, I know the Kirk Cousins thing. I, I get all of that. But I have Dalvin Cook. I have Adam Thielen, who's long in the tooth now. Uh, you know he, He's on the back nine of his career, but still is effective. Justin Jefferson was an absolute burner heading into, what, his third year in the league. I want an offensive guy that's going to maximize all of that, not a defensive coach who's going to focus on the other side of the ball. And I think if you're Jacksonville and Miami, Byron Leftwich is going to interview in Jacksonville in person tomorrow. Chase just told us that. I don't think I'm letting him leave the building. He goes in to interview that, listen, he was drafted in the first round there. I want a coach that understands what my quarterback is going through in Trevor Lawrence the weight of a franchise on your shoulders, how to best tutor him through that. I, I, don't, I don't think there's a better candidate for the Jacksonville Jaguars head coaching job. This is not a personnel job. It's a coaching job. Then Byron Leftwich, who played there in Jacksonville, he's familiar with the area. He knows all the players that are you know in, in this and also just got done working with Bruce Arians, Tom Brady and and that Buccaneers offense. I think that's that is the guy that I would hire. Yeah, I think that's the move that I would make as well. Or at least it's it's number one on my list. I really like him in that option. I really like him as a possibility. And I think that just after this past season as well, where you just kind of saw how I don't know, um, not spectacular things were for the offense in. Jacksonville, I would be very much so interested in getting somebody that upgrades that. Yeah, it was underwhelming. That's what it was. But when, when you when you have um, you know co-offensive coordinators, basically, I, it, it was underwhelming there with Daryl Bevel and and Schottenheimer in Jacksonville. You you got to do better, and, and you got to maximize these rookie seasons uh, of Trevor Lawrence to best build the team around him. I totally agree with you. You can't have another underwhelming season. You can't get him that far off track. And I know it's a first-year head coach, but Byron Leftwich have, has walked all the same steps that Trevor Lawrence has. As a guy that's expected to save the franchise, as a guy who has the weight of the franchise on his shoulders, I don't know if there is a better fit there in Jacksonville than a guy like Byron Leftwich. But uh, the, the so bad <laughs> the coach the coaching carousel has slowed, but I, th- I think we're going to see a pickup this week. Now that there's only four teams left, 
and I'm surprised we have not heard much about Eric Bieniemy. Um, but uh, we'll also uh, coming up. Uh, there, there is one lesson that I think that the Dolphins and the Jaguars learned over the weekend. I'm going to get to that coming up. Uh, he's Chris Crawford. I'm Nikki Football. We're live, local, and loud here on WDBO. Good hang on your drive home. It's live, local, and loud. Now back to Nick and Jerry. All right, one thing that the Dolphins, and I guess to a lesser extent the Jaguars, learned over the weekend watching the divisional round games. That's where everyone wants to be every year. We'll get to that coming up here in just a moment. We'll also get to some of your open mics. Nick Grunowitz, Nicky Football here. Monday night edition, live, local, and loud right here on WDBO 107.3 FM. At AM 580 Orlando's News and uh, Talk, you can get in touch, 844 9326. That's 844-580-9326. Also in the open mic in the WDBO app. Just download the app, click on the open mic. We will play those throughout the show. We're going to get to a few of them here before I get to uh, the Dolphins and the Jaguars and the NFL divisional route. We'll play a little. We'll get into Aaron Rodgers too a little bit here. I, I, am I the only one who's sick of all the Aaron Rodgers drama? I honest, like honest question here because I, I do find that you have Franchise quarterback. Aaron Rodgers is a franchise quarterback. I'm going to do this out of order now because I, I just want to get to this. Okay. There, this has been bothering me since the Packers lost on Saturday. First of all, I mean, like, I had the Packers. I thought the Packers were going to win that game. I was anxious about it. They went 2-2 two and two in the four games. Yeah. Had the Bengals. Had the Chiefs. Bucks and Packers. I have no feel on the NFC, I guess. Um, But I... Just listen to the two different reactions last night to how one franchise quarterback discusses his future and another franchise quarterback discusses his future. This is Aaron Rodgers being asked about moving forward. By the way, who said that the Packers are going to be a rebuilding team? If Aaron Rodgers goes back to Green Bay, they're going to have to make some tough decisions, but the Packers are not rebuilding. They've won 39 games in three years. They've won 13 games a year in the regular season. They played the NFC Championship game, what, two out of the last three seasons, three out of the last four seasons? And Aaron Rodgers was not good on Saturday night. That's my, that is my clinical diagnosis, by the way, not good. But you get to the end of the game, and this is what you knew you were going to get. You got this last year, too, where he wants to break down the set. Aaron Rodgers is already bracing Packer fans and setting the media up for the storyline of, well, the Packers, there were too many questions. He had to go somewhere else. Right? Had to go to Denver. Had to go to Pittsburgh. Had to go to fill-in-the-blank team. Because the Packers, the Packers just, they couldn't put a team around him. This team, I think this was the best team Aaron Rodgers has had. Devontae Adams and Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. The defense was beat up. I mean, David Bakhtiari was beat up. But, I mean, on paper, I think this was the best team that Aaron Rodgers has had. So he, he loses a tough game. His future with the franchise is in question. Oh, I got to break down the salary cap for you. I got to dramatize this. Oh, we got a tough, lot of questions. Aaron, Aaron like we, we, we get it. Here was Tom Brady after... A lot. They were down twenty-seven to three. Uh, just as heartbreaking of a loss. Asked about his retirement. And by the way, I get it's a catch twenty-two because af- we want athletes to express themselves. We want them to tell us what they're thinking, and then when they do, I criticize them like I'm criticizing Aaron Rodgers. But the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have just as complicated an offseason from the salary cap players. Uh, just as many questions about aging Levante David, Rob Gronkowski. Chris Godwin, who was playing on a uh, franchise tag. The running back situation. I mean, there are a lot of guys that Tampa Bay is going to have to make tough decisions on, just like the Green Bay Packers. Tom Brady did not put his GM hat on there. Now, is it the difference between having seven Super Bowls and one Super Bowl? Is it the difference between, I guess, being on the same page and getting along with your front office versus not? I don't know. But there is something to be said for not adding drama when drama is not needed. And Aaron Rodgers throughout his career has always been that guy. And if he's going to leave Green Bay, I wish he'd just do it already. Because the entire offseason, oh, you might be... I'm surprised he didn't throw in a... 
I, he said last night, if I want to keep playing, Aaron, if you're going to quit, go. Go be the Jeopardy host. I think that job's open. It was open, then it wasn't. Now it's open again. I, I don't know. But if you want to go be the Jeopardy host, go be the Jeopardy host. But I'll be the first one to say, we are headed into another offseason of Aaron Rodgers' questions. I am not looking forward to it. I love content just as much as anybody. But I am not looking forward to the will he, won't he. For the record, if I were Aaron Rodgers, you know where I'd go? Nowhere. I would stay right where I am. Name a better situation if, big if here, and even even then, if Tom Brady stays in Tampa, name a better situation for Aaron Rodgers than Green Bay. Top three, top four wide receiver in Devontae Adams. He's got a great dual running back setup with A.J. Dillon and uh, um, help me out here. I just forgot. Um, uh, with, with, they, with, with the running back situation. They, um, you know, he, he's got a defense, by the way, that was a top 10 defense this year when they were healthy. They, need, they, they, they may need to go out and get some help with a, with a deep threat at wide receiver. Marquez Valdez-Scantling, who's a USF guy. Aaron Jones, by the way, is a running back. I knew my brain would get there. Marquez Valdez-Scantling. Maybe not the guy. They got to go find a wide receiver. By the way, you can find those guys in every round. There are wide receivers everywhere in the league. Just watch last night's game between the, the, the Chiefs and the Bills. Well, Cole Beasley, Gabriel Davis had four freaking touchdowns between Cole Beasley and Gabriel Davis and Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey. I, you keep, I, they got a guy named Pringle. So you can find wide receivers like, well, you're going to go, you go to Washington football team and try to try to resurrect that franchise. No, thank you. You're going to go to, and, and, and this gets to the crux of my point with Aaron Rodgers, and, and then I'll get to the Dolphins here. I promise. But you start looking at the teams that are being mentioned as the next teams for Aaron Rodgers. And I got the Vegas odds earlier today here. So according to odds makers, Right now, there is a 70% chance implied that Rodgers will not be on the roster for the Packers. He'll be on a roster. He's going to play next year. The favorite is that he will go play somewhere else. Here are the favorite teams for Aaron Rodgers next year. Broncos, Steelers, Dolphins, Eagles, Browns, Raiders, Jets. Those are the top seven. Top seven teams. What do six of the seven have in common? Broncos, Steelers, Dolphins, Eagles, Browns, Raiders, Jets. Those top seven. Six of them have something in common. They're all in the AFC. And what point, I made this point to Chris Crawford earlier. What part of watching that game last night makes you want to run to the AFC? Aaron Rodgers is the most talented until Patrick Mahomes came along. The most talented thrower of the football that I've ever seen in my life. He makes it look so easy running that offense. Even on nights when he struggles, you expect, okay, they're going to snap out of it and they're going to score three touchdowns in a row. Like When he has it rolling, it is an avalanche downhill, right? I have no idea why, and by the way, he's been doing all of that in the NFC, playing outdoors in Lambeau in cold weather. I have no idea why, though, you would go to the Denver Broncos looking at that division of Derek Carr and the Raiders for two games. By the way, they were a playoff team. The Chargers, who if they had not lost in the final week of the year, would have been a playoff team. And Justin Herbert, who looks like one of the young, talented guys in the league. And, of course, Patrick Mahomes, who I think is headed to a Super Bowl for what would be the third straight year. What I want to play, I want to play those teams six times a year. Let's not take for granted that Aaron Rodgers has been playing whoever the Bears are rolling out a quarterback twice a year, the Minnesota Vikings and their dysfunctional franchise year after year, Kirk Cousins, and the Detroit Lions who have been rebuilding since 1956. You're going to go to the AFC West? I would stay out of the AFC altogether. Who? And I understand that the Packers just lost. But who in the NFC really should scare you. The reason why they lost is a block punt. Rodgers underperformed. The Packers are a better team, I think, than the Niners. The Packers outplayed the Niners in that game. They were better on third down. They outgained them. 
turn the ball over the same amount of times that you don't count the block punt, which is actually kind of a turnover. It's one play. Tommy Aaron Rodgers, Matt LaFleur has won 39 games with you since he got there. It makes no sense to leave Green Bay. Chicago is not going to be marketably better next year. I don't care who they hire. Minnesota's in a transition. They're going to have a new head coach, new general manager. Detroit is, to quote the great Fran Fischilla, a year away from being two years away. Tom Brady's going to be a year older. That team is dealing with a ton of offseason questions. The Rams and Stafford, Stafford's going to be a year older. They may make it all the way to the Super Bowl. We've seen Super Bowl swoons. The Niners are going to have a decision to make with Jimmy Garoppolo and what a position Jimmy Garoppolo may put the Niners in if he actually makes it to the Super Bowl this year with Trey Lance waiting in the wings. There is no NFC team that would scare me if I'm Aaron Rodgers. Go take care of business. I don't see a better option. You can go to the Steelers? Play Joe Burrow twice a year? He looks like, he looks unbelievable. Play Joe Burrow twice a year? Play Lamar Jackson twice a year? Baker Mayfield, I want to play him twice a year, actually. And that's my feeling if I'm the Dolphins. Let me swing it forward to the Dolphins here quickly. I watched that game last night. Bill's Chiefs. And I don't want to make it all about that game. But you watched that game last night. Final score between the Chiefs and the Bills. 42-36 in overtime. Let me give you a few numbers here, by the way. 329 yards, four touchdowns, and a 90.3 QBR. What are those numbers? Those are the statistical numbers of the quarterback that lost Josh Allen's numbers. Josh Allen did not throw an interception in two playoff games. Josh Allen completed 70% of his passes. He threw nine touchdowns. He's going home early. If you're the Miami Dolphins, I think you need to really take a deep look in the mirror. Do you have the guy that can win that shootout? Because I think there were a lot of teams over the weekend. Probably the Patriots with Mac Jones comes to mind. The Browns with Baker Mayfield, who I just mentioned. A lot of teams, I think, looked themselves in the eye and said, this is, this is the start of something really special. Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, we'll see how Joe Burrow looks next week, of course. The young quarterbacks are all in the AFC. Do we have the guns to go to Arrowhead, to go to Buffalo or San Antonio or Austin, where they might end up? They don't get that new stadium. To go to Cincinnati and win a shootout. I think the the jury is still out on Jacksonville and Trevor Lawrence. It's only been one year. I can't make a decision off that. It's been two years. I don't think Tua has what it takes to win those kinds of games. To go into Arrowhead, and where you, if even if you throw for 329, four touchdowns, Josh Allen was perfect. Still lost. If you're the Dolphins, you need to seriously consider what this offseason looks like and try to upgrade if you are going to start to compete for championships and not just playoff berths. All right, last call is coming up next. We're live local amount here on WDBO. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.